Hello everyone, welcome back to yours truly, you know, in the life of conspiracy theorists. And today, Derek has something to share with you dealing with secret societies. The last one I did was kind of being for those people that um, always think everything's on the on the end time. So you can listen to that podcast if you want to. But today we're going to talk about secret societies. And why is it that so many secret societies exist? Why do we have secret societies that we know of and that there are secret societies that we probably don't even have a clue of? And here's the thing. The definition of a secret society is any varieties, oaths, bonds, secrecies often devoted to brotherhood, moral discipline, mutual uh, assistance, examples of secret societies. What do secret societies do? It is a club or organizations whose activities, events, and inner functionings and memberships are concealed. Uh, Societies may or may not attempt to conceal its existence. The term usually uh, excludes the covenant groups, such as intelligent agencies or other welfare or warfare, uh, believe it or not, yeah, warfare insurgents, or to hide activities and memberships, uh, but maintain a public presence. Now, secret societies is not something that's new. Secret societies have existed, and they've existed for a long time. And I'm going to talk about the biggest secret society that exists, and that is the worship and honoring of Nimrod. I know you probably have never heard this secret society. You probably have no idea what this secret society has to do with anything. But this secret society, I believe, the secret society that follows the teachings and wants to resurrect Nimrod is exactly the secret society that we need to discuss. The one in which is not out there in the forefront, but yet has always existed all the way back to what I believe goes to the Tower of Babel. Now, we have an interesting um, event taking place with this secret society is that the purpose of this secret society is the resurrection of Nimrod. In all honesty, Nimrod was known as the first world leader. After this flood or this great, whenever the windows of heaven opened up and the flood came down, And Noah and Shem and Ham and Jehoshaphat and his sons and his wife and their wives got on the ark. Shortly after this, when the water subsided, you end up having an individual that comes to the forefront. This person that comes to the forefront is known as Nimrod. As this is unfolding, let me tell you a little bit about Nimrod. Nimrod is also the one that created and built and had built the Tower of Babel. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. We're dealing with Nimrod. He was able to bring together all these people and he is viewed as if he himself is a god and he has brought the Gentiles and he's even brought the even 
the ones that were on the ark, because I believe that, there, that not only eight people survived the ark, I believe that there were other remnants that were able to survive, especially dealing with Dagon and the occults and the Nephilims from that tribe that was able to still exist and be water-faring uh, Nephilim. I believe they existed. I believe that the Vatican and all your secret societies have ties to Dagon. And their purpose is to bring back the resurrection of Nimrod. Now, Nimrod was able to not only convince the world that was just now coming back after a cataclysm that wiped out many, many uh, providences and worlds and even some of the demigods such as the Nephilim knowing that also um, Atlantis was wiped out from this great cataclysm but yet they were able to spread out because they were a part of Dagon and a part of uh, Poseidon and these are the water Nephilim and so they were trying to rebuild but Nimrod was first a man a man in which was able to get these demigods, get these third, fourth generation Nephilim in line and back in the working order to now wage war against the Most High God. And this war has never stopped. It goes into chapter 11 out of the book of Genesis. It says, And the whole earth was one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed, from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shi'ar, and they dwelt there. Now, the interesting thing is, is that if you're going to build this tower, are you going to find a plain, a flat place to build it? You would think that if they're going to try to reach the heavens, that they would go to the tallest point and then build on that because it would put them closer to heaven. But the thing is, is that they understood portals and they understood how these things worked. He had the knowledge of the Gebarim. And it come to pass as they journeyed, and, 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 as they, and they said one to another, Go, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick of st for stone, slime for mortar, and they said, Go, let us build us a city, a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole world. So Nimrod is now convinced, the world as it is, that it needs to be around. And that when it's going to be around, it needs to um, rebuild itself. And in rebuilding itself, it needs to be under one world order. And so with this... I believe this is the secret society that exists since the beginning. Whenever the empires of the world came back together under the leadership of Nimrod. He goes on to say that in this thing, and it says, And they said, Go, let us build us a city, a tower, whose top may reach unto the heavens, let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, the God of the 
uh, Hebrew Bible, Yoavahe, uh, came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. Now let now set let us sink in for a second. The God of the Israelites, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Noah, now has come down to earth after a flood is taking place, and this one man has been able to bring them back together. And the Lord Yoavah came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord Yoavah said, Behold, the people is one, and they all have one language. And this they begin to do. Now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Let us go down and there confound their languages so that they may not understand one another's speech. And that is how the Hebrew God, the Father of Jesus Christ, how he was able to tear down this city and stop it before it really was to reach what the plan was, and that was to reach the heavens in which to overthrow God himself. Now you have events that's taking place with um, Nimrod, and you have in in other texts which I, I you look in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and you have the Book of Jasher, you have the Book of Enoch, and you start to recognize that this person that's living forever, um, well, he's wanting to be the ruler of all and with Nimrod he is able to mold and bring into fruition mankind under one speech under one idea and he's been able to unify them without them even knowing now yes the lower people are thinking that they are building the portal to God and to the gods now, the interesting thing is that you have in the book of Jasher, chapter 3, verse 14, and, it's, and it was the 56th year of the life of legend when Adam died, 930 years old, was he at his death, and he had two sons with Enoch and Methuselah, his son, buried him with great um, as it was a buried king in the cave which God had told them. Now the interesting thing is, is that you have Methuselah dies at 969 years. He's the oldest man known to be alive. Now people before the flood live longer. And genetics is now starting to look at this and say yeah, our DNA is dwindling, it's falling apart, it's not getting better. It's really starting to get worse. And in doing so, you start to recognize that if you had people that could live for 900 years and you saw them, you would think they were immortals. Now, I don't think all of the gods were humans that lived long lives. I do think that a lot of them were these Nephilim tribes that he comes back and he's wanting to bring together. Now, in this... You have, in um, the book of Enoch, you have that Nimrod it steals this garment. 
Now, the interesting thing is this garment is a garment that you have had stories told. The, the Golden Fleece is one of the, the tales that come from it. But it is also the one where God, Yoivahe, came down and said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now let us put his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. This is what they've been wanting to do. They want to get to that tree of life, that genetics that will give them the ability to never die, never have to be into any type of judgment. Therefore, the Lord God, Yehovah, sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he came. He drove out man. He placed at the east of the garden a cherubim and a flaming sword, which turns every way to keep the way of the tree of life, to keep it, you know, hid. Also, you have the fact that God actually uh, takes a garment, and this is what's known as an early sacrifice. He takes this garment, which is in Genesis 3, 21, the Lord, Yoevahe, made garments of skin, for Adam and his wife and clothe them. Now, this is the same thing. This means that this garment has been touched by God. And that's exactly what Nimrod was to the world. He was the first, what we could call the first Antichrist. And in doing so, he had the garments that the gods, so to speak, technology, the, the ability of whatever it was that was in that 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 the creator had touched the put for adam and eve he now has because his father has stolen it and has given it to him and he is actually the only one that puts this garment on and in doing so it says in jasher says um it says that in Joshua chapter 7, Cush, the son of Ham, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, took a wife in the days uh, in his old age, and she bore him a son, and they called his name Nimrod. Now, Nimrod is also known to have lost his left eye in a battle. Isn't it interesting that all the gods that these worlds and secret societies give honor to, all the main deities have always been one-eyed, the all-seeing eye so you're seeing that this comes from Nimrod because Nimrod was a god among men. This is the way the world looked at him. He was transformed into a Geberim. And she bore a son, which his name was Nimrod. And at uh, that time, the sons of men began to rebel, transgress against God. And the children grew up, and his father loved him exceedingly, for he was the son of his old age. And the garments of skin which God made for Adam and his wife, when they went out of the garden, were given to Cush. And after the death of Adam and his wife, the garments were given to Enoch, the son of Jared. And when Enoch was taken up to God, to heaven, Methuselah, they were given to Methuselah's son. And the death of Methuselah, Noah took them and brought them on the ark, and they were with him until he went out of the ark. And in their going out, Ham stole those garments from Noah, his father, and he took them and 
support from his brothers. And when Ham began to his firstborn Cush, he gave the garments in secret. And they were with Cush many days. And Cush also concealed them from his sons and brothers. And then Cush had begotten Nimrod. And he gave him these garments. Though he loved him, Nimrod grew up. And when he was 20 years old, he put the garments on. And Nimrod became, a, became strong when he put on the garments. So you're seeing that this is a thing that has, that has gone through. I've always said that myth and legends, especially being um, First Nation, a Native American, and oral traditions are as, as important as the ones that are written in our history books. They are the ones in which we follow, we learn from, and they are real to us. So I believe you're having a real event taking place here and you're having the first Antichrist being set up. And that with this, you're having this Antichrist being set up that you're also seeing that he is going to bring the world together. Now it does refer to him as being a mighty hunter and a mighty hunter of the Lord. But if you had secret societies are honoring and following and you have in the Middle East um, where we go in we go into Iraq and our purpose there is to um, is to find weapons of mass destruction and you can take a look and see where it shows the um U.S. militaries going in there, and out of a lot of the um, objects and the artifacts that were missing, all dealt with the resurrection tablets. Now, a lot of them have returned, but the resurrection tablets, the ones of Gilgamesh, are still missing. And if you go back, you see in the 1999 that Osiris's tomb was found. And then you hear in 2003 that they believe they have found Gilgamesh. And we have gone into this area, and he is supposedly well-preserved, put back together, because it is believed that Nimrod was cut up into 14 pieces, just like Osiris, given out to his generals, so they have a piece of God, recognizing that there was more to it than just that, that his wife goes around and collects all the pieces back, is only find, able to find 13 pieces, but the one that is able to produce children is missing, and we all have obulus in our countries. And you can clearly see what that is saying. is a, literally a middle finger to the world saying, we honor, or to God, we honor Nimrod. And they want to bring him back. Now, I believe that in the Middle East, they were looking for this because it goes all the way back, as I said, the secret society of Nimrod, the secret society of Cush, the secret society of Gilgamesh for the resurrection of 
a man that became a god. If you all look at the secret societies, that's all what it's about is from Luciferians to Satanists to um, Freemasons to all these different secret societies is to illuminate yourself, to build thyself up, to not only that, but be able to be in all knowledge and knowing all knowledge. And on top of that, the, the saying goes, it goes all the way back, whatever the, what the serpent said. The Nakash said to Eve, ye can become like God. And she found that it was pleasing and did eat. The thing is, is that they were able to, in some way, Nimrod was able to turn himself into a Geberim. He was able to turn himself into a son of God. He was able to turn himself into one of the gods. He was a man that was able to achieve godhood on earth. Even though he was not God, and though he was not a god, even though he was a man that was able to be genetically changed in some form or fashion to the world, it meant that we could become like gods. And that's why everybody followed him. And it's why these secret societies still exist today. They want to sit here and follow the the pattern that Nimrod set. You know, they they said that their purpose is the kingdoms that have come after Nimrod and Samaria is you've had all these kingdoms that give reverence back to the Nephilim and the fallen angels. And so if you have these two trees, you have the tree of light and then you have the tree of darkness, you think that you would think the tree of light was bringing you enlightenment. The tree of light is supposed to be the tree of that would take you to be as God, and in doing so, it is surrounded in mystery. And that's why they always focus. All these secret societies, you have to take oaths. You have to do different things. You pledge your life to them. Not only do you do that, you get perks. And, in the, and also part of you being able to be a part of those secret societies is that you yourself have to keep becoming illuminated. Um, you thought the secrets was just, uh, it was all mysteries, but it's not. It is dealing with stuff of knowledge and enlightenment. The fallen angels came down. You have in the second, you have the Nephilim after the flood, uh, which if you take a look, you can look at the Peru, um, skulls. And you kind of see these really elongated skulls that kind of just, you know, stand out. And it's not cradle boarding because you have these elongated skulls even in pregnant bellies of women uh, who've died uh, with the child still in them with the elongated skulls. And so there is something, uh, you know, of a debate that's always been is the rise after the flood of Genesis 6. Some believe that the angels were able to steal have relations with the daughters of men and still have children. I don't think so. I think something genetically changed in us, and that's why you're having them trying to find the way to gain back the Gabarine. This goes all the way back to World War II. You can look at Hitler and the 
the SS, and you see that they were trying to create the Uberman, the Superman, and that they knew that this symbol went across all cultures and that the symbol had ties to the star people. Jasher chapter 2, it says in verse 3, and it was in the pre-flood days of Enosh, not Enoch, that the sons of men continued to rebel and transgress against God to increase the anger of the Lord against the sons of men. And the sons of men went and they served other gods and they forgot the Lord who had created them in the earth. And in those days, the sons of men made images of brass and iron, wood, stone, and they bowed down and served them. And every man made his own God and they bowed down to them. And the sons of men forsook the Lord all those days of Enosh and his children and the anger of the Lord was kindled on account of their works and abominations which they did in the earth the Canaan son of Enosh was a very wise man in all evil ways and his wisdom and his rule also over the world and spirits and demons goes back to also their god Enki Enki is believed uh, as being summoned the water lines, which uh, Abzu portals, uh, the underworld. Inki is also tries to give them the false tree of life. You have a the war of the fallen angels, uh, the dragon, and the return. And you start to recognize that giants were in the earth in those days and also after that. But then when you start to look at these societies, you take a look at Aleister Crowley, and Aleister Crowley lived, the most, most famous occultist in the modern history was from 1875 to 1947. Uh, he was also a 33-degree Freemason, which was the highest number you can. And he was also in witchcraft and sorcery in the Golden Dawn, I believe, which is going back to bringing back Nimrod, trying to resurrect Nimrod. And he had... Um, a spirit god, a demon, that if you take a look at the image, his name was Lamb, L-A-M, and it looks like a gray alien, but this is before gray aliens become a part of pop culture. And he's able to have this, and Lamb he had is, uh, in the Tibetan word, the way or path, Lama is he who goeth, special title, of the gods of Egypt, the uh, tender of path and Buddhism uh, physiology in numer- numerizations and numerous and numbers and trying to do between sex magic and numerology and all these other things is that you have Aleister Crowley tapping into this and he's saying this is the same um, beings that go all the way back to Nimrod and the purpose is to sit here and bring back and resurrect Nimrod because in doing that you would be able to find out the key and that's what they're looking for they're not wanting to just resurrect Nimrod because um, I I think some of them want to resurrect him because 
they still honor and worship him. I think others are just wanting to resurrect him because they want to know what was the key. What was the thing that changed that made him become a God-man? How did he become a God-man? So I think you have different factions fighting. If you think that the votes and who's the president and the leaders of the world and that you have a say, I'm sadly, sadly mistaken because you really don't. They are manipulating and controlling every aspect. They they have the the whole game rigged. And so he's looking for, or they're looking for, one, the ones of one faction to actually resurrect Nimrod. But the other ones are looking to find out what the genetic code is that made him so special. I find it interesting also that you have the brain initiative takes off when Obama becomes president. That takes off. But at the same time, you don't realize that under George Bush, he was trying to learn how to manipulate genes and the genome. And you also had the UK creating uh, chimeras. So they were already trying to find ways to change the DNA of creatures and crossing and blurring the line in those genetics because they're looking for the key genetic to make them as immortals or create themselves as gods once again. And you have a faction that's wanted to do it through genetics and you have another faction that's wanted to do it through technology. But both of them are saying the same thing, that the only way that humans can get to the next evolution is either through gene splicing or merging with the digital world, the cybernetics. It's the only way that we can evolve, they say. I find that so funny that we have people that believe in evolution, but it's more belief in changing yourself to evolve yourself, you have to be able to create the, uh, the evolution itself for it to happen. It's not coming all willy-nilly. It's not coming because people are meditating long enough. It's not coming because people are eating right. It's not coming because people are eating bad. It's not coming in the way that they have been uh, given to the masses of what they were doing. But you have in this, and I'm going to talk more about this on other podcasts coming up because I think it's very important to... Talk about this, this secret society, the secret society of Nimrod, because I'm telling you that it's two of the same party. They're just in two different branches, but they're both having the same goal. And that is one, resurrect the God man Nimrod. The other is get his genetic code and let's splice it into our DNA and let us become as God it's there you see you can follow the secret societies all the way back you take just the basic of all the secret societies skull and bones and all those you take a look at all those secret societies and you see what it is to be pledged and to be a part of it and what you have to sacrifice and what you have to do to be in a member in those secret societies and you find out it has everything to do with the resurrection of Nimrod. As always, please pay attention to your strings because you never know what lies in the corner. And I will have another part to this coming up later on. God bless.